Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. All right, we're about to take off. Please fasten your seatbelts and uh, watch this person up at the front of the airplane here because they're going to tell you what to do in case we crash. <laughs> Joel, uh, do you have that? Uh, do you have that instructions for the people? The instructions for the people. Um, yeah, but I, I don't. I, you know, you've seen those videos where the the crew member does it with a funny little in a funny way. I couldn't ever do that. I couldn't pull that off. But um, yeah, I mean, it's up there like they're doing sign language and everything. Yeah. And, <laughs> Can you slow down a little bit? I mean, I'm trying to follow you here, but it's like you know, how do you pay attention? It's like, yeah, I'm I'm not going to remember any of this stuff as we're falling into the ocean here. <laughs> we're falling <laughs> down there. It's like, oh, what, what, what? Everyone's in a panic. What do we do? Yeah, but actually, that's scary stuff right there. Your the the way you started this interestingly has to do with I ended last week saying that I had a little something a thought that came to my mind about um something being fulfilled it's just and again this is a metaphor no metaphor is perfect but my son just re- recently um went out to took a plane trip out to California we live in the midwest and so uh, to get to California you can take a 3 or 4 day road trip or you can take an airplane that's usually the way that people do it when i was 14 i think we we took Three and a half days to get out to uh, to California in a car. Uh, okay, so the, um, having to do with the word fulfilled. We're talking about is the law fulfilled or is it not? And so Jesus said he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And so he did fulfill the law because if, if he would have abolished it, he couldn't have fulfilled it. So my son took this trip out to California it's a trip uh, where he's, he's thinking about moving there, and so they needed to. They, he and some friends went out there to kind of scope out the area and find out some things that they might need to know if they move there. Uh, so this trip, let's just say, it had to be take. It had to take place. They had to fulfill this trip before they decided to move out there for sure. Well, so they didn't abolish the trip. Because if they would have if they would have abolished the trip, if they wouldn't have taken the trip, they wouldn't have been able to figure out what they needed to do. So they fulfilled the trip. They went out there, and they took the plane out there, and they came back. That trip has been fulfilled. It's been done. It is finished. It's been done. It doesn't need to be done again. There's no reason for anybody to try to do it again. Now that it's been done, the result of what they needed to do is there. They have the information they need. They have what is needed. It's been fulfilled. There is no reason for them to take that trip again or for anyone to take that trip for for them. So now that it's been done, it's been done away with. It's not there for them anymore. And that's what Christ did with the law. He fulfilled it. And then as Ephesians 2 says, it was abolished in his flesh because it was fulfilled. It's been done. Paul talks about how the righteous requirements of the law were fulfilled in him because we couldn't do it. No no human could do it, but what we could not do, what the law could not do, God did by sending his son. And what Jesus did, what the son did, was he fulfilled the law for those of us who couldn't fulfill it, which is everybody. Nobody, nobody could fulfill the law, so he did it. Now it's been done. It's been fulfilled. It's led us to faith now. We're in faith. 
And so all we, what we need to do is point people to faith, to faith in Christ, not to a law that has been fulfilled. He did that all. It's, it's been done. Now that's out of the way. So now, by faith, Jews and Gentiles alike can come together, as it says. Uh, Ephesians 2, Colossians 2 talk about this. God made those who didn't have God or the law, he put them together with those who did have the law. So Gentiles and Jews were able to be put together in this one new man that we've talked about so much on this podcast. And the way that he did that was by removing the law, by taking it out of the way. But he took it out of the way after it had been fulfilled. Now it's been fulfilled, and so there's no longer any need for talking about the law except to explain all of that. And that's what the writer of Hebrews did. That's what Paul does in his epistles. He explains all that so that people can understand that what's left is the need for faith. And, yeah, the, the word fulfilled, I mean, it just means to complete. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really it's that been completed. Uh-huh. Uh, remember when Jesus said, it is finished uh, on the cross, he met the need. All was accomplished, amply supplied fully carried, finished, fully preached, made complete. I'm just looking at some of the stuff here that, that translates the word fulfilled. And you can get into some, some deep stuff here, but it, it just means it's, it's, it's over. It is finished. One of my three favorite words in the Bible, I mm. guess, Joel, when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was thinking, this just kind of popped into my head, I was thinking some people brought a man on a stretcher to Jesus for healing, and, and Jesus made the statement, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees started mumbling, how can he do this? How can he forgive sins? Well, Jesus heard them or knew what they were saying, knew what they were thinking. Um, and he said, well, which is easier, uh, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk? But let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus made a statement in Luke. If you want to do, let's let's do a little a dicey verse thing that people love to do. Uh, Luke 16, 17, Jesus said, in relation to what Jesus said in Matthew 5, in, in Luke 16, 17, he said it is easier, and I'm plucking this out because there is a context here, but it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away. Get this now. It's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke, one dot, uh, one jot, one tittle of the law to fall or fail. Uh, but what do you think Jesus did? Did he do the easier thing or the harder thing? <laughs> he did the harder thing. The law fell. He tore it down according to Ephesians chapter 2. He broke it down. It fell because, again, it was keeping people from God. We're not blaming the law. Right. Uh, it's not the law's fault. The law, again, perfect, righteous, and holy. But it was against us. It was contrary to human beings who could not live up to its perfect standard. Yeah. I mean, we see it as an, an, an abolished thing because there's really nobody under the law anymore, right? If nobody is under it, then what, what use does it have? Right. Exactly. And, and the writer of Hebrews and Paul explained what use the law did have. It was to, uh, all to point out that it led to faith. This is, you know, it led to it led to the sacrifice of Jesus. You know, the, the many ways in which Jesus fulfilled the law. One thing, he was perfectly obedient to the law. He he fulfilled it. He didn't stray from the law. He was obedient to it. He did everything it said. And also, in in some ways, in in very, I don't mean in some ways, but in in various different ways. 
He also fulfilled the shadow, the shadows of the law, the Day of Atonement, the uh, sacrifices that were repeated over and over again, and Jesus fulfilled that in the one sacrifice. Just so many ways in which he actually fulfilled the law, and so it doesn't ever need to be done again because it's been fulfilled, and then it's been uh, taken out of the way, and now what's left is to lead a person to faith. And this, this really... Part of the story of, of the Gentiles, again, the people who were without Christ, who, who did not have Christ. You know, Paul says that he makes that he makes that big point that the Gentiles were aliens and strangers from the commonwealth of Israel. They were called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. It doesn't even say, it does not say that you have been brought near by the law, through the law. Gentiles, we didn't even have the law in the first place. And so he, here's just another thing that when I really began to see this, it just blew my mind. Because all, all this talk about the law in Christianity, and Gentiles never even had the law. And as it says here, as we've both made the point here, that it was through this law being broken down, being abolished in his flesh, it's through, it was through that that then Gentiles and Jews could come together in Christ. But even as Gentiles, you know, people say that, well, we need the law you know, to lead people to Christ. As Gentiles... The law was never even ours in the first place to do anything with. Think about that. You know, put yourself in the shoes of a Gentile, a non-Jew, a person who was, as it says here in Ephesians 2, strangers from Israel, the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world, were without the law. Put yourself in the shoes of a Gentile in the early days after the cross, in the early days of the church, Gentiles had no access to the law. The law was read in synagogues. You know, people didn't have Bibles in their homes. You know, even the people of Israel didn't have copies of the entire Old Testament in their homes. They would go to the synagogues where it was read. Gentiles had no access to these scriptures, to the law. And so how and would half it, of them couldn't read anyway. And, and they couldn't read. And so how would a Gentile even used the law to lead a person to Christ. They couldn't. Again, they didn't have access to it, and it wasn't theirs anyway. The law was not for Gentiles, and so the law was definitely not for Gentiles to try to lead people to Christ. In the church today, obviously, with the advent of the printing press um, several hundred years ago, and with mass production of the Bible, we know what the law says. We can look in Deuteronomy. We can look in Exodus. We can look in Leviticus. We can read all that easy to you, anybody right now. If you want to, you've got access to the law. That's not always been the case. For the most of human history, that's not been the case. The Gentiles never even had access to the law. It's not ours to use to lead anyone to Christ in the first place. If it was for anybody, it was for the Jewish people. It was for those who were under it. We weren't under it. So what are we doing trying to... It, someone actually accused me of this one time years ago, and I, I didn't really understand it, but now I get it. But uh, it was a Jewish person commenting on my blog saying, why are you using our scriptures? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, I didn't know what to say, but now I get it. I, I, at least I know where that person was coming from. 
because th- they're not our scriptures. They're not the Gentiles' scriptures. They were for the Jews. Now, we can, again, look in the book of Hebrews. We can understand all of this stuff now. We can use that to understand why the law was given, why it was fulfilled, and why it was abolished in Jesus' flesh. We can use it for all of that. That's the lawful use of the law. We can understand that stuff through those scriptures. But it really was never ours in the first place. Well, that's true. I mean, <laughs> you, made, you made a lot of great points there. And it, it still comes back around to why do we think we need to, in this new covenant, why do we think we need to use the law to bring people to Christ? The law is meant to condemn people. Now, I, I, I know what you're thinking because we, we thought the same way for a long time, too. You're thinking, well, you got to get people to realize their guilt before they can come to faith. But see, I, I think we're just turning this thing inside out. We're, we're using old covenant techniques in a new, new covenant environment because it's one thing to try and tell people, okay, I'm going to minister uh, certain little portions of the law to you so that you can see that you need Jesus. Um, why not just tell them about Jesus? I mean, you can point right. out that sin is a problem for all humankind because everybody was confined under sin. The, the law certainly clarified that. But we don't have to minister the law because people aren't really – and again, we're, we're, if we're going to do that as grace people, we're doing the same thing that the religious crowd is, is doing with the law. We're picking and choosing which ones we think, because we, we really know so little about it, uh, we, we pick and choose the ones we think, primarily the Ten Commandments and maybe a few others, uh, and, and, and even the Ten, uh, you, you know, the Sabbath, you, you, gonna t- you haven't been keeping the Sabbath. Um, so you should come to Jesus. I mean, I don't know if that has the, the really ringing effect of people coming to understand the gospel, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to do that stuff, or telling them what to eat, or telling them what to wear. Or, how about this one? You haven't been doing animal sacrifices properly. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, where are we going to go with this thing? You, know, you, you see what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, the, the law, it, it is an obsolete thing. I, I believe it's been abolished. Otherwise, I'm, I'm afraid that much of what I've had to say, if it isn't, is just inconsistent double talk. Well, even Paul, even Paul in Romans 7, when he talked about the law uh, in, in his own life, he, he was not using this, you know, his example of coveting. He wasn't using this to lead people to Jesus. He was using it to, to show people what happened under the law. He said, you know, I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said you shall not covet. But sin, and it, so he's not saying, so So now through through my excessive coveting through the law, I realized I needed Jesus. No, here is, he said, what happened? But sin taking opportunity by the commandment, producing me all manner of evil desire or, or all kinds of covetousness for apart from the law, sin was dead. That was his point. So he's talking about what happened with the law was that sin increased, sin abounded, sin revived. That was his purpose. So that's how he was using the law. And I think that if we're going to use the law, looking at Paul's example, I mean, that's that's how you do it. But uh, you made a really good point. In, in Romans 1, Paul talks about how everything about God, he has revealed it to people. The only thing is that people suppress the truth. So people know the truth about God, but they have suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. And so, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. So it's not that it's not through the law. It's it's through what God has shown showed to people uh, through through what He has made. So people know there, there's an inherent inherent knowing inside of people. 
that there's something wrong and they need to call out to God. Uh, a lot of times they just don't do it because they suppress the truth. Uh, anyway, we'll wrap it up for this week. Join us back next week for more Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.